So good morning, everybody. Um, pleasure being here. It's actually my first time in Shanghai. And well, not my first time contributing to Capital Link, but definitely my first time in Shanghai, and it's uh, a pleasure being here. Just to give you a brief introduction, I'm from Malta. Um, we're a, a law firm based out of there. It's a, a joint initiative, a partnership between uh, uh, Greek lawyers and Maltese lawyers. And uh, historically, we've always been involved in maritime, so it's very much in our blood for the last 40 years. Pretty much, that's been a core business for us. Now, perfect. So, um, when I got thinking about the presentation, first for and we're very involved in the Greek market, and for us that meant Malta means something over there because they've got a, a large amount of their tonnage flagged in Malta. And then when I got to thinking of Malta's significance and how we live in a bit of a bubble, um, it's always good to remind people where we actually are because we're a small country. And in fact, when I just went on Google, early, Google Maps earlier, Malta doesn't even appear on the map to begin with. If you zoom in further, Malta just sort of shows slightly under Italy there, you see the word Malta, so we're not even big enough to cover our own, the name of our own country. And then when you zoom in further, you finally get to see Malta. To continue on mis what Mr. Wong was saying before us, before me, um, Hong Kong is 56,000 square kilometers. Now you'll see how much smaller Malta actually is than that. So it's always good to, to keep things into perspective for us. But, what is key to us is our location. And again, if we had to look at the Belt and Road Initiative, if you remember the map that Mr. Wong put up, you see a U-shape just between Greece and Italy. And that, was, that is a key road for us because that is where Malta has become a major transshipment hub. So, like I said, Malta for many is known for touristic purposes for anyone who's a movie buff, the Maltese Falcon sort of put us on the map in that respect. Um, nowadays, like I was saying, however, we've developed into a, a very well-developed transshipment hub, which is run by CMA CGM. And uh, nowadays, the Maltese Falcon has actually begun to represent some very large super yachts in Malta. So, Malta. If you look at the size, like I was saying, we're just 316 square kilometers, so there's not much to us in that respect. We're a tiny drop in the ocean, but we're a key player now within the EU, which has played significantly to our advantage. And English is a, a key language for us, it's an official language, so obviously that has helped our development in the maritime world. And we're a relatively young country of just over 50 years old. So why Malta? Malta's developed over the years from just a flag state, which people have come to recognize in the shipping industry, to a whole other array of, uh, of services which are on offer. So you've got shipping, which still remains key. However, citizenship, residency, aviation, trust foundations. Obviously, we had to get on the blockchain bandwagon as well, because that is key with virtual currencies. 
the whole array of things. And then obviously tax pays a very key role for us. And this is where nowadays shipping is just one cog in a much larger corporate structure which people look at before coming to Malta. So, if I take a step back and start off with the maritime aspect in, in Malta, we are the largest maritime flag in the EU nowadays. We're number six in the world, I believe. Um, we've got some 60 million deadweight tons to the registry, which is considerable given, that, given some of the standards we need to meet within Europe nowadays for such a small country. The EU approved tonnage tax regime. This is very, very important because over the last few years there have been uh, questions as to whether tonnage, the tonnage tax regime within the EU is still viable, whether it's considered state aid or not. And obviously this is a key issue for us. Malta fought tooth and nail uh, with the European Commission and today we're very happy that in the last few months the EU has approved our tonnage tax regime for another 10 years and the legislation has just come into force over the weekend so we're good to go for another 10 years and that is very important to the industry for us. In line with this legislation we also brought in revised ship management uh, regulations to incentivize people to set up in Malta. The mortgage system in Malta under the flag state that has been tried and tested and nowadays we're very confident with what we have and so are the international stakeholders, the banks and the investment funds, etc. When it comes to the arrest of vessels, if you remember the location of Malta, it's just bang in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. So given that it's a transshipment hub, given that it's on the route between the Suez Canal and the Straits of Gibraltar, this plays a key function because of bunkering services, supplies, etc. And it is a good opportunity for anyone who wants to enforce their rights over a creditor. In fact, as recently as two weeks ago, I had to put this to the test on Good Friday, which is a big holiday in Malta. Um, you virtually don't find anyone available. But because the Greek and the Maltese Easters don't exactly line up together, the Greeks, uh, our Greek clients decided to arrest the vessel in Malta. And sure enough, on Good Friday, we had to open the courts. The judge wasn't too amused, but the key thing over here is that the process began at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when the vessel entered into Maltese territorial waters. By the time the vessel was docked at the buoy for offloading, discharging her cargo three hours later, the arrest was out, the marshals were on board, and the debtors can enforce, the executive creditors could enforce their claim. So that is a key part of our legal system. Obviously, following that, one can then either proceed to a judicial sale by auction or a, a court-approved private sale. The court-approved private sale is something very interesting in these times because it allows parties to sell a vessel privately after enforcing their claim. And at the same time, by doing so, they still get a clean title which is obviously key to any sale. So the court-approved private sale is something that has proved very good for us. So again, we know this works for us. Yachting. Yachting is the next thing that the, the, mark, that the Maltese government has focused on over the last few years, and that is split up 
primarily into pleasure yachts. There are the incentives specifically for pleasure yachts, and there are the incentives specifically for commercial yachts. Now, like I said, nowadays we're seeing the market in Malta, shipping is just one part out of a much larger program which ship owners look at. Nowadays, you see them investing in their super yachts or in their um, privately owned yachts. They look at this holistically. They like a flag, they like a country, they want to know where they are going. And Malta has identified with that and has focused on it. So what the government did over here is they focused on the marinas in Malta, they fo focused on the financial incentives, and they focused on the maritime flag. The key things about the marinas over here is they're built into, some of them are built into UNESCO heritage sites. They're, um, they're managed by the likes of Camper Nicholson, so you've got good international well-renowned companies running the marinas, and they're in naturally protected harbors, so that is a benefit again to Malta. Malta has proved that her harbors and her marinas are so well protected that over the world wars, international players have looked at Malta for protection. So this is something that obviously has uh, played to our advantage. Again, high-end marinas, there are VAT incentives, the weather is relatively good in Malta, and the location, again, is not that bad for people who want to use their yachts within the Mediterranean waters, because it is just some 50, 60 miles south of Sicily, and some 100, 120 miles north of North Africa. So you can visit Tunis, or you can visit Sicily very easily from there. One thing that has been extremely well received in Malta is the initiative of owning a private yacht and paying VAT at very favorable rates. Now, we know that no matter where you are in the world, if you want a private yacht and you want to bring her to Malta or to Europe for that matter, it needs to be a VAT paid asset. Otherwise, it would have to be a commercial yacht in order to do so, which means entering lease agreements every time you want to use your yacht. There are structures in place which are approved by the EU, albeit they are revised from time to time to ensure that they stay in line with the guidelines. But ultimately, by using this structure over here, one can benefit from these beneficial tax rates. So if you have a sailing boat or a motorboat of over 24 meters and you would like to own her privately and use her at your own leisure, you could essentially pay 5.4% VAT in in Europe and then be free to go around Europe at your own free will without any questions asked. So this is obviously very enticing to stakeholders, to yacht owners who have uh, yachts that are obviously in the tens of millions at times where there's a substantial saving over there. With respect to commercial yachts now in Malta, what we've done is we've used a similar system like before mentioned for private yachts, but for charters. So you've got the marinas which have been beefed up to be to operate on a more international level. Now what we're saying is if you start your commercial leases from Malta, you can benefit from better VAT rates on the lease. Again, if you use a yacht privately, if you charter it out, you have to pay VAT on that service. However, if the departure point is from Malta, you can benefit from better VAT rates, so it is a, a saving in the hands of the consumer at the, the rate stated over here, 
depending on the size of the vessel. So again, those are the tax aspects that the government has taken into consideration. Now, finance and tax. This is probably the, the most important uh, area that has come to being with respect to the Far East for us, and probably one of the main reasons why I'm, I am here today. What we've seen is that over time, Malta has developed a robust double tax treaty network with all the leading economic players in the world in particular. You've got China, you've got Hong Kong, you've got the UAE, you've got, you've got Singapore. So now, again, I go back to the, what I mentioned before. It's not only about shipping, it's also corporate. So if you have the, the favorable double tax treaty network, if you've got the, the ship registration all coming together, then it becomes easier to combine everything together. So with China, for example, the double tax treaty became extremely important when it came to the, now not so recent, a few years ago, there were the, the freight taxes that were implemented, similar to what you see in, in, in India, for example, where thanks to having a company set up in Malta and the double tax treaty, a ship owner can rely on the relief of tax in that respect. So this has been very beneficial for us. Finally, if I skip over to the, the lease finance sector, that is something which, again, the government of Malta has identified as a key player in the shipping industry and in aviation. So they've brought in incentives whereby charterers under a lease finance system could take possession of the, yacht, of the, of the ship without any recourse to, to court. So it gives power to the, in the hands of the, the leasing company as this may not necessarily have a registered mortgage over the vessel, yet needs to have some control over the asset it is leasing out. And that is a very fast and right system which has been very enticing over here in the Far East as well. And we're happy to, I'm very pleased obviously with some of the speakers here to have collaborated and put this to the test already in Malta over the last few years. Finally, which is very important within the European Union sector, a financial institution giving out the financial leasing uh, benefits does not need to register as a licensed entity as a bank within Malta, as it does not, if it does not have a permanent establishment in Malta. So that again gives a lot of flexibility to anyone who wants to make use of finance leasing through Maltese structures. Again, then I can jump over back to the double tax treaties. What we see is that the Leasing companies tend to be based in Hong Kong. They link up with the Malta companies that own the vessels, and any ta double tax over there is avoided through the double tax treaties. Again, then you take in the Greek aspect to it. There's something else that has come into play recently, whereby if a Greek ship owner wants to have a company in Malta, thanks to the benefits of the Law 89, Linking up with the laws in Malta, they can have the company set up in Malta, they can have the effective place of management in Greece, effectively having a branch. There will be no tax paid in Malta because there is no permanent establishment in Malta, and then they can benefit from the Law 89, which has been revised over the years, to benefit from the tax regimes in Greece. So once you start seeing all these things linked up, Malta, in a shipping and corporate sphere has now become very attractive to our Greek stakeholders, the international stakeholders, and China with respect to the finance leasing. 
And with that, I will conclude over here. Thank you very much, and on to a coffee break, I guess. <laughs>